0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest But let me play devil's advocate here Let's see, so No, that's a good thing uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it You stumped this charming devil The Purple Mafia With your host, Paladino Joey Well, we'll see The doctors would disagree But what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things here. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. These are wonderful things that we've achieved and there's no limit to where we can go from here. And welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host Paladino Joey or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you oh so much for downloading and listening to this show. The Minnesota Vikings today were able to carve out a victory, if you can believe it. (laughs) And they did it on the road, and they actually won a game in Tampa Bay. Yeah, sure, it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of old, when they used to win Super Bowls, or, excuse me, a Super Bowl, or they had a great defense in the Tony Dungy era, or they were really good in the uh, John Gruden era. But hey, we beat the Buccaneers on the road. Hey, you know, this team has derailed the Vikings' seasons in the past... Time and time again, Vikings almost <laughs> got derailed yet again. But thankfully, able to survive this time around. Who saw the Vikings winning uh? a... <laughs> Who saw the Vikings winning in overtime on the road? Did anybody see that happening? Because I sure didn't. I'm not going to lie to you. that The odds of that happening, pretty slim to none. But luckily, the Buccaneers, not much of a winning football team which is, uh, well, quite similar to the Vikings the past couple of years here, unfortunately for us. But the future does look bright with a couple of uh, rookies on this uh, this roster. And a second-year guy playing better this week, and a chemistry forming with the rookie quarterback and the second-year receiver. Very cool to see that the leaders in passing, rushing, and receiving are Teddy Bridgewater, Jarek McKinnon, and Cordero Patterson. And gosh darn it, the numbers are actually pretty decent for all the above. Not knocked down, oh my god, but hey, they're decent. That's a good sign. (laughs) Very, very cool. That's why the name of this episode is Baby Steps. I don't always just throw out the name of the episode on the show, but I do from time to time. Purple Mafia is a very dynamic radio show (laughs) that I like to bring to you. It's always ever, you know, it's ever-changing. You never know what you're going to get on Purple Mafia. I'm always different, aren't I? (laughs) That's part of the intrigue of this show and maybe that's one of the reasons you listen. But what's also great is that Pearl Mafia is now at episode 180. And I don't uh, always mention the the number of episode on the show anymore. In fact, I rarely do now. Just for, you know, just for points of advice that I've picked up along the way from people that do that do radio, do podcasts or or whatever, but the reason I'm mentioning 180 today, it's it's you know it's uh, we're approaching another milestone here. We're we're getting closer to the, the big 200, which will probably happen at some point in 2015. In fact, very likely will happen in 2015. Um, it's it's coming. It sure is, and I'm you know it's going to be very cool to get to that big number 200, and you know we'll we'll have a special episode there, some nostalgia, some some fun, some celebration. We'll say on that show, but obviously that will be another day. It is also uh, almost November now. And, uh, yeah, in advance. Happy Halloween to those of you out there that celebrate it. I kind of like it to a point, but I don't take it to a... I don't take it to the level that other people do. I'm certainly not the type of person that's going to go out and and drink and all that. Eh, eh, whatever. I mean, I'd rather just relax at home. I'm not into that. I'm also, yeah, I'm not into, like the decorations as much as some people, but I mean, I don't, uh, I don't frown upon those people that do have decorations because it's kind of fun. Um, you know, the jack-o'-lanterns and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against that. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> and and I just like, you know, I enjoy autumn. I enjoy October. Wonderful month without a doubt. And we've definitely witnessed that for those of us that work outside or just like to be outside. Uh, one other thing, though, uh, regarding that is the lawn service is going to be picking up into lawn cleanups. There is a small chance that I will miss a show or two in the month of November. But the past three or so years, I have not missed a single show. So we'll see if I can keep that going. Schedule is tougher this year, though, than it has been in the past. Not the lawn cleaners, but the regular job. So it's uh, it's not easy. You notice I don't record on Monday nights anymore. Uh-huh, it kind of sucks, but it just is what it is. Though I don't mind recording Sunday nights, I kind of enjoy that part. Actually, it's good to get the show done when the game is fresh. Speaking of the game, I better get back to that before you start climbing those uh, one-star ratings on iTunes and, and Google or whatever the heck and say, uh, he didn't talk about anything. Well, it might be nice to let listeners know that have been listening to this show and been loyal for a long time that, you know, there's a small hint of a possibility that there won't be a show a couple times next this this coming month, so... It's kind of nice to do that, but uh, I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that doesn't happen. On to the Vikings and Tampa Bay, which is where I started anyway. There was virtually no offense in the first half of any kind. Ah, It was borderline unreviewable. In fact, I don't really have much to say about the first half. Really, not, not much. Um, really, nothing happened. Uh, Vikings couldn't even get anything after they forced a turnover uh, from McGlennan. And yes, McLennan started, not Josh McCown, even though McCown is now healthy. McLennan remaining their Tampa Bay quarterback for the time being. No, uh, no McCown knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs, all those good memories. Don't, don't you just love remembering that? Wasn't that a good time? Wasn't that fun just sitting there 11 years ago, sitting in front of the TV, dead silent for the next X amount of minutes, like a half hour or whatever? I mean, seeing the Packers' reaction, you know, because they were watching it on the Jumbotron, because obviously their season's over, or it's continuing into the postseason. So, of course, they're watching it on their Jumbotron in uh, Lambeau Field. Oh, wasn't it fun to watch that? Wasn't it fun to see them celebrate our misfortune? Hail Mary Pass. A flash in the pan. But no, there was no Josh McCown. It uh, It was Mike McLennan. Uh... Mike Glennon, pardon me, McGlennon. Mike Glennon. That's what's confusing me here. <laughs> Mike Glennon sounds like McGlennon. Uh, his interception and all that stuff. Vikings couldn't get anything going. Yeah, it was it was great, fantastic. This was an extremely unwatchable game in the first half. Um, I wouldn't blame a soul that may have feigned interest during the course of this one. Uh, no, I can't really blame anybody <laughs> for that. The second half was ugly, but at least there was some scoring. I mean, some. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's, he's, he's continuing to improve, but you are, seeing, you are seeing a rookie quarterback. You're seeing inaccurate passes. You're seeing good passes. You're seeing good passes. That's the positive part. You're seeing passes that are further than three or four yards, but not too many. You're still seeing a lot of the whole third and nine and handoff to Matt Asiata, which does nothing. Nothing. It's just like, okay, great. We're going to get two or three extra yards before we punt. Yay. Isn't that great? I mean, that's that's just great stuff. Little dump-off passes. People would say, it's not Teddy touchdown, it's Teddy interception, or it's Teddy this, or Teddy that. It's it's Teddy (laughs) dump-off. On a lot of the offensive plays, unfortunately. But what am I laughing about? It's not funny, is it? Nah, it's not funny. It's boring. It actually makes you just want to like fall asleep or feign interest in the game, which I would hope uh, I would hope the Vikings uh, brain trust would not uh, would not want that. Would not want you to fall asleep too much. But at least uh, at least there was no turnovers in the game by the Minnesota Vikings. So yes, we're making progress there. Unfortunately, they came awfully close to one. <laughs> the pass was dropped by the uh, Tampa Bay defender. Thank God in heaven for that. Yeah, that was a that was that was a close call. Mm-mm-mm. It's uh, it was frighteningly close. It wasn't Werner. It was the other one, Goldstein, I believe. Um, no, David. It was David that dropped it. Uh, it was a badly underthrown pass. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a couple opportunities where he threw deep, and they were underthrown. They were overthrown. They were off to the right, off to the left. So, accuracy not always there. But it doesn't help that obviously the offensive line doesn't exactly doesn't give Teddy Bridgewater like ten seconds to throw the ball or anything. In fact, most of the time it's less than three seconds, I would probably say. I'd be I would <laughs> venture to guess it's about three seconds to throw the ball, most of the time. With that said, the offensive line was slightly, slightly better today. Matt Khalil was slightly better today. So yay, there's some progress. He just might avoid a Tavars Jackson this week. That would be the worst player of the week for the Vikings. That's the good news. Um, the bad news: the offensive line still isn't that good, and of course, like I said, you know Teddy Bridgewater, due to the offensive line and due to his inexperience and due to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' defense being the steel curtain and being the or being the Tony Dungy Bucks back in the day. Ugh! How did you know that was going to happen? How did you know that a defense that gave up 56 points, 38 points, not that long ago, really not that long ago at all, was going to look really good against the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, it did look good. (laughs) The Vikings' play calling was not that impressive. In fact, it was boring as all hell. It really was, with a few exceptions here and there. And thank God for those few exceptions. Jarek McKinnon's development is continuing. In fact, he started the game really good. Uh, He was hitting the holes nicely. He's got he's got that he he's got such quick feet. He he is a starting running back in the NFL. And I'm so happy to be able to say that. How can you not love Jarek McKinnon? And if you you're dumb enough to play fantasy football no I'm kidding <laughs> which I don't play, but I, I don't mean to call anybody dumb. I'm just teasing. If you play fantasy football and Jarek McKinnon's available and, you you know, you're kind of thin at running back, and your team is kind of, you know, borderline playoff, borderline out, and Jarek McKinnon's available, you better pick him up. Um, He's going to get 1,000 yards this year, and I hope he gets in the end zone at some point, even though that's the one thing that might hurt his uh, fantasy football chances. Obviously, if you live in Minnesota and you're, you know, if you're, excuse me, if your whole league is people from Minnesota, Jarek McKinnon's probably been picked up by now. But if you're in some Yahoo league, you know, and I don't mean calling people yahoo i mean yahoo dot com fantasy football league where maybe they're not they're not really giving a rat's ass about the vikings they're not really paying too close attention to that the waiver wire um McKinnon's just sitting there go for it you know go for it pick him up <laughs> though i'm I'm guessing he's probably been scooped up in most leagues by now but yeah if he's sitting there that's great uh, I, I was told that the Tyree Buccaneers at Doug Martin, and I remember him being pretty good. Um, didn't really see him much today at all. In fact, only 27 yards and 10 attempts, <laughs> which pales in comparison to Jack McKinnon's 83 yards and 16 attempts. Just quick feet, really nice, really solid player. Very happy with Jack McKinnon. He's got over 300 yards already in his rookie season. Certainly a lot better than Michael Bennett, and in a way you could compare him to what Mike, what the Vikings were hoping they were going to get pardon me, out of Michael Bennett, back when this team desperately, desperately needed a running back to replace Robert Smith uh, post his early retirement at age 29, which unfortunately is Adrian Peterson's age, and I'm getting a scary feeling that that's uh, probably it for Adrian. In fact, it most likely is, at least with the Vikings, Um, what you see is what you get when it comes to Adrian's uh, Minnesota Vikings statistics. So, Jerick McKinnon, eight years younger, go for it, (laughs) go get him. 300 yards so far in his career, long way to go to be catching any any uh, historical numbers with uh, with the Vikings anyway, but um, nice little early start, and that's really encouraging versus versus the Michael Bennetts, who did basically nothing his first year, strong second year with Mike Tice as the uh, new coach, and the offensive line being as good as it was back then, pardon me. And then, of course, following that up with a broken foot and a whole lot of nothing after that. That was uh, not fun at all. In fact, so um, very encouraging to see the Vikings were able to land something beyond the first round. <laughs> being what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Uh, Rick Spielman with the running back position. That's that. That's a very encouraging sign. So two third round picks, looking strong because the what the other one being Josh Robinson continuing to do well. Had a penalty late in the game, but uh, kind of a lame one, I think. Kind of a flop <laughs> by the way. <laughs> By the uh, by, the Packers by the uh, the uh, Buccaneers receiver, but we'll we'll leave that alone. I'm kind of bouncing around, and I do apologize. Cordero Patterson and Teddy Bridgewater forming a chemistry though that I'm really starting to like. Actually, it's starting to it's starting to connect a little bit, and yes, that's one of the reasons uh, one of the reasons why. Bridgewater's numbers and Cordell Patterson's numbers not so hot because the chemistry wasn't there. I mean, they're new. They're just getting started playing together. It's not going to be as great as it could be later on, knowing each player's tendencies and such, figuring each other out along the way. And uh, it looks like it's starting to come around. It is. Jerry is Wright virtually invisible today, unfortunately, so there is always payback when one player... Starts to bounce up. The others tend to disappear. Jerry's right with only two catches in the game, but Cordero, six catches, 86 yards. No touchdowns, but hey, not bad. Chase Ford and Bridgewater continuing where they left off in the in the preseason. Though you could uh, actually say Reisner was the guy getting most of those touchdowns. <laughs> Ford didn't get one today, but a strong day. Six catches as well for him. Greg Jennings, though receiving the first, like, legitimate-looking touchdown pass of Teddy Bridgewater's career, and my God, did that feel good. That's when the Vikings went up 10 nothing in that third quarter. Very, very cool. Awesome play. A strong throw. Accurate throw. How, how good did that make you feel out there? And I'm going to continue to say, just watching Teddy Bridgewater, the way he throws the ball, his composure... Along the way, despite the offensive line being as porous as it is, he's got a he's got a future in this league, folks. He does. may um, maybe just coach speak when Mike Zimmer was saying, oh, he's definitely the quarterback of the future." Might be just coach speak, but you know what? I kind of I, I really do believe that Teddy Bridgewater is that franchise quarterback of the future for the Vikings. He's not putting up superstar numbers yet, but uh, he's making those baby steps. He is. And it's going to continue to improve. That's the good news. 241 yards today. Not the most accurate game. But again, that offensive line not getting the job done. Tampa Bay defense a lot stronger than it's been. Uh, <laughs> pretty much all year. In fact, this is probably their best day. Though, Well, you know, it was like the two worst uh, two, two of the worst units out there. The worst defense in Tampa and the worst offense in Minnesota <laughs> out there. So, that's kind of how it goes. Tampa Tampa's defense and Minnesota's offense, yeah, it's a pretty ugly matchup when you think about it. Luckily, Tampa's uh, offense couldn't really do too much against the Vikings' defense, which continues to be black and blue, continues to be strong, and that's what won the game today, despite the fact it just about lost the game. How many of you thought the Vikings were going to lose today? Hands raised? Mine, mine is. <laughs> My hand is raised. I thought there's no way the Vikings were going to win. Because you could see the way Tampa was driving down the stretch. It made me sick. Very difficult to watch. Very, very difficult. <laughs> One completion after another, and then the penalty started flying. The penalty flags and Xavier Rhodes. Not a very good penalty. Not the worst thing you ever saw, but certainly not good. And then Robinson called for a penalty as well, like I said earlier. Very frustrating. Looked just like the Buffalo Bills all over again, but luckily at least there was a, more than a second left remaining. <laughs> there was two minutes left, so gave the Vikings a chance. Bridgewater making clutch completions down the stretch, getting the job done. A couple of cold-blooded third-down conversions, but then they ran out of time. They just they just weren't showing any sense of urgency in terms of let's win this game and not risk going to overtime. I mean, that's a risk. <laughs> It is a risk going to overtime on the road, regardless if it's Tampa Bay or San Francisco or Seattle. It doesn't matter. Going on the road in overtime is a very tough, tough order. It just is. Especially when they win the coin toss, which they seem to always do. <laughs> okay, God forbid I'm going to start complaining about coin tosses. It's just uh, Let's just say I'm uh, I'm a bit tainted right now when it comes to that many, many, many disappointments along the way. But once in a while, good things do happen. <laughs> and Teddy Bridgewater was at least able to get the Vikings in field goal range. And for the second time in a row, they tried to ice uh, Blair Walsh. Gotta love that. And that kind of annoyed the hell out of me. They basically called the timeout right as he's kicking the ball. I don't even know how that's possible, but they did it. And luckily, both in both cases, Blair Walsh made the, made the field goal anyway. Rock and roll. Got it like that. Overtime. But it's like, great. Tampa Bay's got the ball. Watch watch them march down the field and win the game. That's just how it goes. But once in a while, something good happens. And even though Mike Glennon completed that uh, pass to the tight end of Tampa Bay. Oh, Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith and Anthony Barr mm-hmm, combine on a play that would win the game knocking the ball loose, does Harrison Smith, scooped up by Anthony Barr, and away he went, and the Vikings won, and it's just, you're just sitting there like, huh, really, did this really happen? Oh, great, it's under review, watch, they're gonna, they're gonna, (laughs) just watch, they'll like overturn it, even though it's probably an obvious call that it was a fumble, and luckily it was, and there you go, the Vikings escape. (laughs) They escape a, uh, they escape a very, crazy situation could have been back-to-back weeks where you lose giving up a giving up a an easy drive late in the game after your defense is playing so well all day all day but for the second straight week they give up a key drive and lose the game just like how the offensive line was giving up key sacks at, at just the worst possible time. Even though they'd been playing slightly better today, they gave up, you know, they were giving up sacks at the worst time, and it was killing any rally the Vikings may have had. But luckily, they were able to survive today. Thank God. So, that pretty much is what it is. In other areas, uh, Brian Robinson had a sack. Sharif Floyd with a rare sack, but seven tackles today. Really strong game for Sharif Floyd. But how about this? I mean, Anthony Barr not only had a sack... A fumble recovery, but eight total tackles on the day. I mean, elite. Anthony Barr is becoming a stud. He's definitely a Mike Zimmer guy, without a doubt. A marriage made in heaven. (laughs) And a marriage made in heaven. Chad Greenway was stronger today as well. And how crazy was it to see Captain Munderland actually get an interception? A guy who's been a mediocre mediocre at best uh, cornerback for the Vikings. Slot corner. And how about Tom Johnson getting yet another sack today? Old $78 uh, bail for him. Old $78 bail man himself, yep. (laughs) Obviously, you probably didn't do anything that bad if it's only $78. He's got five sacks on the year. Isn't that crazy? Mike Zimmer's just doing a hell of a job with what he's got. Uh, Really got to like what's going on with that. Strong game by the defensive line. The linebackers, believe it or not. And, well, I I thought the uh, secondary was probably the weakest link of the defense today. I mean, obviously, you got to say that. We all have our opinions out there, but uh, I'll lean that way. I don't think they did very well during that drive in the fourth quarter. That almost cost the Vikings the game. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Vikings won. Is there anything really more I have to say about this one? It was not a fascinating game, but it was a fascinating finish. That's pretty much all there is to say about that. The building blocks for the Minnesota Vikings along the way are what count in this one. They won. That's good. That's a nice moral setter for the rest of this season and beyond. For the, for the uh, well, obviously, Cordell Patterson, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jarek McKinnon, and, of course, the defensive players along the way as well. Even veterans like Tom Johnson. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Awesome to see Sharif Floyd play as well as he did in his... Uh, well, at least he went to college in Florida. Teddy Bridgewater grew up in Miami area. Very cool. Um, but no, I mean, the Xavier Rose's and Josh Robinson's, at least they uh, at least they were decent along the way. I mean, they did what they, they could. Obviously, uh, Harrison Smith, very clutch. Indeed, down the stretch, and Anthony Barr looking like a, maybe the best player on this defense. Him and Harrison Smith, literally the two best players, one of is in their third year, the other's in their first, so the future looks bright for a lot of these guys. That's why, in a lot of ways, we're making baby steps, because we didn't go out there and pound Tampa Bay. But even if we did, it's just one game. You need to keep making steps along the way. That's what's important. Minnesota Vikings will head back to TCF Bank Stadium, which I'm sure they're happy after having to play on the road for back-to-back games, Buffalo and Tampa. Almost went 2-0 in those games. That would have been actually quite impressive if it wasn't for that one second, uh, one second last second touchdown, we'll call it, in Buffalo, New York. But now we come home to host the Washington Redskins. Yeah, that's their name for now. <laughs> uh, it's up to you what you think about it. I'm not going to get into any political debate with anybody. Just saying. It's their name, and I'm going to say it, and I'm not afraid to say it. You know, I mean whatever. We don't need to get too crazy about what the team's name is at this, at this time, in my humble opinion. Uh-oh, now I'm getting political. <laughs> Alright, time for me to shut up and time for us to move on to the NFC North Roundup and the Washington Redskins preview at TZF Bank Stadium. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and Blackberry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia and FC North Roundup. And of course, the Washington Redskins preview to follow that. Let's open up with, uh, well, <laughs> those comeback kitties, I guess we can call them that. Or the uh, Falling Falcons or Flailing Falcons or. I don't know. Uh, that's great. Uh, they went to Wembley Stadium, yes, sir. Closer to the uh, the Dave Martins of the world over there in the Scotland area, but uh, obviously Wembley in Great Britain, just like the Minnesota Vikings and Pittsburgh Steelers were last year when the Vikings won their first game <laughs> last year. Yeah, that was a that was a well. It was nice for the Vikings to win that one, but unfortunately, not really much more positive games came out of that. Detroit Lions. Well, they were trailing 21-0 at the half. Atlanta looked solid, like, hey, they're finally doing something right. Two touchdown passes for Matt Ryan in that first quarter. 14 nothing. Can't beat it. And then you get the old Wiley veteran Steven Jackson at the goal line with with only about 345 left in the first half to make it 21 nothing. You figure, hey, wow, well, the Falcons are going to get the job done. They're going to kind of... Have a nice little rebound weekend. Man, what a disappointment for the Lions. It must be the jet lag or something. They must have just fell asleep. Fell asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Or God knows what. What a, what can you say? <laughs> the tale of two halves, right? Uh, yeah, the tale of two halves. We've, we've all been there, haven't we? Oh, we have. We have. Remember when the Vikings were beating up on San Diego? And then, next thing you know, the San Diego was beating up on us back in 2011, and then the Vikings went on to have a 3-13 and season. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember it either. No, we're just, uh, just going to remove that one from our memory banks. Detroit Lions, well, they managed to get three points midway through the third quarter, and then, eh, oh goody for them. Only three points, but then not long after that, they score a touchdown, 21-10, but Atlanta still with a decent lead. Next thing you know, Detroit Lions just keep chipping away, and the Falcons keep doing a whole lot of nothing. couple more, tu- another field goal, another touchdown. The Lions try to go for two to tie this thing up. Being it was going to be 19, it was nineteen twenty one at the time, they go for two, couldn't get that. And by the way, this was a very early game for those of you out there that wanted to watch it. <laughs> I was able to get what I needed to get anyway for this one, but I'm just saying. Uh, Detroit Lions failed the two-point conversion. No problem. No problem. They got the ball back because Atlanta didn't do jack squat. Detroit Lions defense getting the job done. Big time. And the Lions were able to win the game with a 48-yard with only four seconds remaining and 22 Atlanta. (laughs) uh, 22-21 Detroit over Atlanta. Pardon me. Uh, (laughs) Boy, the Falcons really are... uh, Talk about Dunn. Like I said earlier, uh, or like I'm about to say here, two coaches that that are going to be mentioned in the NFC North Roundup today, both of them should be let go, in fact, like right away. I mean, Mike Smith, why the hell did the Falcons not fire him after last season? Were they like on drugs or something? I mean, what else is really to say about this game other than Atlanta is just not a well-coached team. Uh, Detroit is a fairly well-coached team. I mean, I'm impressed with Jim Caldwell. They are now 6-2, and two, folks. 6-2. And, and The Green Bay Packers are flashing on the screen as we speak, leading 13-10. to 10. <laughs> This has been a tale of offense, pretty much, in this one. We'll get back to that one later. But, uh, we probably won't have a final before the end of this show, but figure we'll just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of, we have to get the show going here, so I do apologize for that. And, of course, Washington will be playing tomorrow night against the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, we have enough information on the Washington Redskins for the time being to see where uh, to see where they're headed anyway. As for the Chicago Bears, in, uh, <laughs> well, lucky for them it wasn't at home because you can only imagine what the fan base would be like there. But uh, talk about a toxic, talk about a coach getting fired, talk about a bunch of losers. Chicago Bears are done, man. 51-23, Chicago Bears, crowned by the New England Patriots. Matt Forte still managing to get over 100 yards on under 20 carries. Martellus Bennett, 95 yards receiving and a touchdown. Jay Cutler three touchdown passes. And yet the Bears give up 51 points. Tom Brady, basically a perfect game. I mean, like Steve Young in the Super Bowl against the Chargers type of game. That that good, folks. Almost 400 yards, five touchdowns. Five. Zero interceptions. Zero. Yeah, zero. Gronkowski actually showed up to play, which is you never know what's going to happen. That happens about as often as a solar eclipse or a blood moon, whatever the heck. You know, either one of the two. Maybe, maybe whenever. But about that often. But Ron Gronkowski, when he does show up to play, he's pretty damn good. 150 yards, nine catches, three touchdowns. New England rolling right over the, the Chicago Bears uh, the chemistry basically non-existent in Chicago they hate each other, the coach can't seem to get it done with Jay Cutler Jay Cutler is about as uh, easy to get along with as some of your co-workers out there, some of you guys, maybe you hate some of your co-workers, yeah, he's he's one of those kind of guys, one of those kind of people who's always right and you know, everyone else is wrong and and um, um, you know, you get the idea it's tsh- Chicago Bears are a waste. Waste of time and space when it comes to the uh, the NFL right now. And I'm pissed off at myself for picking them to make the playoffs this year because they have no chance. Zero. Look at Detroit. I had them going, what, 6-10 this year? Well, they'd have to lose the rest of their games. The rest of their games. Chicago is, uh, ah, whatever. I mean, what, what what more is there to say about them? They're 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 garbage. Um, they don't, again, like I said, they don't like each other. There was a lot of screaming and yelling after last week's game against the Miami Dolphins. They said basically same same old story in uh, New England. A lot of screaming and yelling in the locker room after this one. <sighs> mm, absolutely toxic. Not worth, uh, not really worth anything there. Not, really not. Um, Green Bay and New Orleans, about what you would have expected years ago, say, if these two teams were in a postseason game. And actually they were once upon a time. Uh, lots of completed passes, lots of yards, and, um, well, the scores are are coming. But lots of completions, because the uh, the pass defense is not the best in the world, but at the same time, the quarterbacks, about as accurate and about as intelligent as you're going to get in the the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Hate them both, but they're good. I guess I hate them because they're good, unfortunately. (laughs) This one is in New Orleans, and, again, it is not completed, and, unfortunately... I can't wait until the end of the game to record the show. So it just kind of is what it is. So I do apologize for that. Most likely Green Bay is going to win this one. They look slightly better, even though it is a road game. And they are really on a tear. So we could be looking at Green Bay and Detroit tied with a 6-2 record. But of course, Detroit, until further notice, owns the tiebreaker over the Green Bay Packers because of a victory earlier in the season. So there it is in Ford Field, by the way, that's where it was. Um, It just is what it is. Randall Cobb with already 106 yards in this game. Already 106 yards. And it's not even halftime yet. That was because very early there was a 70-yard touchdown. (laughs) Catch and go, so to speak. From Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb. So that will be a stat-stuffing play right there, without a doubt. It certainly stuffed his stats anyway. It doesn't necessarily mean they're just trying to Rack up numbers? No, he he just uh, had a huge play and his uh, total yards in the day pretty uh pretty high. And it's the story of the Packers and the Saints. I mean, they're going to get yards. I mean, this is two of the best offenses you will see. Period. End of story. Congratulations to the Packers as they will probably uh, be six and two after, yeah, at the end of the night, but uh, they they will be bleeding along the way. At least their defense will be. <laughs> Yeah, because I got to think the Saints are going to score more than 10 points the rest of the game. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 going to go up. So, now let's talk about the Washington Redskins, or at least let's attempt to. Well, one thing's pretty certain. <laughs> RG3 won't be the quarterback. RG3. Remember him? Who's RG3? I don't even remember him. I mean, he's just uh he can't stay healthy. Will it be Colt McCoy, who was basically perfect in his last game, or will Kirk Cousins, who's been solid, will he be the next hot like backup quarterback that'll sign for sixty million dollars somewhere next year, and and then and then do absolutely nothing, a la you know, la Kevin Cobb, and um, well Matt Castle, yeah. Oh my God, could I say that? Yeah, Matt Castle. Could could that happen? I mean, and you look at the Washington Redskins, who, by the way, have Jamarcus Sanford as one of their safeties, their strong safety, good for him, along with Meriwether, but uh, yeah, um, Jamarcus Stanford, uh, Sanford, <laughs> just like Medea Williams years ago. <sighs> yeah, the Redskins come to DCF Bank Stadium. Very exciting. Uh, Colt McCoy, I didn't even know he still existed. Remember when he was looked on as like one of those like elite draft picks and all that stuff? Remember those days? Um, I forgot he even existed. He hasn't played in years, and he played last week, and he did pretty well. We'll see what happens here. They're going to play the Cowboys tomorrow. But, I mean, 11 completions out of 12 attempts and and a touchdown for Colt McCoy in pretty limited time. Played for the 49ers last year. Yeah, so he did get some games in last year, but it's pretty much like Neil downs. He completed one pass, so it was pretty much just Neil downs with San Francisco was winning the game. Once upon a time, looked on as the quarterback of the future in Cleveland. Certainly not the case now. Gotta think it's Kurt Cousins' uh, temporary job, I guess, to lose in Washington. Strong season for him. Not elite, but 1,700 yards in six games. Ten touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, completion percentage, almost 62. So, I mean, not bad. I gotta think the Vikings' chances will be decent against Washington, though. Um, They've not been exactly... (laughs) They've not really had a very good season, in fact, at all this year. And I don't think they're going to beat Dallas tomorrow uh, (laughs) on Monday Night Football. I don't think so. So far this this season, they've lost 17-6 to the Houston Texans. They crushed the... Well, they crushed the Jacksonville Jaguars, but still they scored 41 points against them. A huge shootout when Sean McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, went back to Philadelphia. Huge shootout game there. 34-37, to 37. so back-to-back weeks of the Redskins with a huge output in numbers. <laughs> 75 points in two weeks there. So they must have a pretty damn good offense, huh? Well, Not so fast. They get destroyed by the Giants 45-14. It's only 17 against Seattle, 20 against Arizona, and then 19 last week against the... Um, Tennessee Titans, only their second win of the season. Though they just barely lost to Philadelphia. It was a pretty good good team, but a division rival. So, of course, you're going to know them. It was a rivalry game right there. Um, Washington Redskins have a decent offense, though. I mean, they do. Alfred Morris is a pretty damn good player. Deshaun Jackson is a pretty damn good player. 528 yards on the year already. 528 yards on the year already. 26 catches, of course. Morris, three touchdowns, which Jackson also has. 440 yards on the ground. He's he's not having as good a year as he's had in the past, though. That's the one drop-off when it comes to him. (sighs) Boy, oh boy. They're giving up 26 points a game, though, which is 25th in the league. They're scoring 21.6, which is crazy, considering how they had some good games. They had some good games, but those crappy ones really dropped them off down to 23rd. In offense, in scoring, um, seventh in yards, though that's crazy. Their passing offense really, really elite. Hmm. <laughs> you know, RG three or not, Kirk Cousins and Co. Getting it done. At least they're getting yards. They're getting yards. Okay, they're getting yards. So let's let's give them some credit. The running game, as good as Alfred Morris is, not so hot this year. And I got to think it's because the defenses have focused on the run because they know Alfred Morris is probably the best player right now, with RG3 out of there. And, of course, the addition of Deshaun Jackson has definitely helped the passing game do as well as it has. So, uh, uh, there's a lot of talent on the offense of the Washington Redskins, I gotta say. The good news is the Vikings should be able to score on Washington's defense, at least I would hope so. DeMarcus is not going to get an interception or anything. (laughs) Dare I say that out loud, right? Oh, boy. How scary is that, just even saying that? Because then watch, he'll turn around and get like get like a pick six on Teddy Bridgewater. And <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> Hillu is still there. That's funny. Hillu, the backup, uh, like the third down back. And he's he's got, well, he's got a better yards per carry per se. But yeah, he's a third down back and he's decent. Alfred Morris has definitely had his moments for quite a few years. Well, not quite a few, but for the last three or four years in this league, Alfred Morris has become one of the best running backs in football. And there is really no doubt about that. Uh, Washington Redskins, only 2-5 and on the year. I don't really particularly like their chances coming into TCF Bank Stadium. I like the baby steps the Vikings put together. To today against Tampa Bay. And the fact the Vikings are at home, it helps. You don't like to just say, oh, well, they're at home, so they probably should win, or, or that. That's the only reason the Vikings would win, because if they're in Washington, they'd probably lose. But, yeah, it does mean something. It does. But at the same time, boy, boy, Dallas is just going to kill them tomorrow, aren't they? <laughs> so, so so, watch the Redskins win. We all know what football does. We all know how football is. It's, it's always like that. But ultimately, I mean, Washington does not scare me coming into TCF Bank Stadium. The Redskins' defense isn't anything special. They don't particularly scare me, but there is uh, at least three players with a decent number of sacks so far on the season. You have uh, Kerrigan with six and a half. You have Frank Curse with three and Jason Hatcher with three. Ryan Kerrigan with six and a half. So at least there's some pass rush. That's the one thing that scares me a little bit because the Vikings' offensive line even though they played slightly better today, they certainly didn't give Bridgewater a whole lot of time. Only three interceptions taken away by the Washington Redskins defense thus far this season. I do think the Vikings can score points in this team, but the and I do also think the Vikings defense can keep the Washington Redskins out of the end zone. Ultimately, though, it's not going to be Kirk Cousins at quarterback. <laughs> it's going to be Colt McCoy, at least in Dallas, then we'll see what happens post-Dallas. But it looks like Colt McCoy could be the quarterback in TCF Bank Stadium. How about that? It's like, I thought it was going to be Kirk Cousins, but no, it's Colt McCoy. I mean, he's uh, playing well. We'll see how he does against Dallas tomorrow. It's unfortunate that I can't do this show at this time. Uh, or I can't do this show after the Dallas game. But again, it's just it's just how it goes. I mean, i got to release the show when I can. Just like it's going to be that way with the fan interactions as well. I don't mean to rush people into like, hey, hurry up and comment or hurry up and call. It just is what it is for the time being. Hopefully things will change in the future. But um, I think the Vikings win this game. It's not going to be pretty. Of course not. Of course not. Um, But I do think the Vikings, uh, well, they're going to have to get a turnover. At least one, if not two or three. Colt McCoy, I mean, well, the sample size is pretty small right now. He's only played part of a game so far, 11. <laughs> Do you really think he's going to keep up that kind of pace? 11 completions and out of, out of 12 passes? No. No. <laughs> there's almost no chance. Man, he looks young. He looks younger than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and he's two years older, but eh, who cares? Who knows? Who, who knows what's going to happen with Colt McCoy out there? I mean, there, there's no telling what's going to happen. It's interesting how he actually slipped in the draft some people had him going real early, but whatever. That was back in 2010. It's uh, it's going to be tough to gauge, but there's no way. Again, like I said, there is no way Colt McCoy is going to keep up this pace, and I got to think the Dallas Cowboys will uh, probably put him in, in in his place tomorrow. But I mean, who knows? Who knows? You never know. Like I was saying earlier, anything could happen. It's football. It's crazy. Good teams have bad weeks and bad teams have good weeks. And God knows certain guys come out of nowhere and emerge and all of a sudden they remember how to play or they learn how to play or God forbid, you know, a guy emerges out of of the wide blue yonder. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Pardon me for all those weird random anecdotes, but that's just how I am, I guess, right now. Trying to keep up with things. I think the Vikings will win the game, even though it's tough to gauge because of this whole Colt McCoy situation. That's what's driving me crazy right now. That's why I'm coming up with all these random anecdotes. But I think the Vikings will score 21 points. It's not going to be anything sexy. Not going to get anybody crazy. I think the Redskins score 17. It's going to be a close game. There's going to be a turnover or two along the way, probably from each team. Hopefully Bridgewater doesn't have another tip-pass interception. (laughs) Because since he almost had one today, and he almost had just a bad pass. Bridgewater's going to continue to learn. Colton McCoy, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Anything could happen with this guy out there. But Bridgewater, I I think he's going to continue to develop. I think he's going to get better week by week. And you're going to see signs of improvement going against the Washington Redskins. Even though their defense is not as bad as Atlanta's. And, uh, well, pff, Tampa Bays certainly wasn't as bad as it had been earlier this year, but he survived. He managed to survive. And he finally got that first real touchdown pass out of the way, not just a little dump pass that turned into a, a short touchdown type of play. I mean, that's certainly not a what I'd call a true touchdown pass. It just happened to go that way, and it counts as a touchdown. So, I'm encouraged. 21-17. I think the Vikings, again, the, the baby steps... Make the Vikings better than the Redskins in TCF Bank Stadium, regardless of how they play against the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. And of course, if you're a Washington Redskins fan, your 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 <laughs> your hopes are probably not too high going into Dallas. Just there's no reason to be. The Cowboys are six and one. They might be seven and one. They might even have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But we all know what's going to happen, though. They'll probably lose when they're... They'll have, they'll have their bye week and they'll lose right away. It's the Cowboys. <laughs> get back to me when you're in the Super Bowl, Dallas. Get get back to me on that one. Ain't going to happen. I have no faith. I still have no faith on that one. So, forgive me for a wild, crazy, weird preview. And just so far, kind of a weird show. And I do apologize. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's tough. With it. This team is tough. Tough to keep up with. It really is. Um, You just don't know what to predict. You don't know what to expect. Every week is different. I mean, one week Bridgewater looks sharp. The next week he's kind of all over the place. Oh, the offensive line's slightly better. The offensive line's worse. The defense gives up a big play. They play great defense. But then again, I guess in a lot of ways it's predictable at the same time that the defense would give up a drive late in the game. I suppose that part was predictable. But what wasn't predictable, obviously, was... Even though the Vikings didn't even win the coin toss, just two plays later, they won the game. I mean, wrap your head around that. I have no idea. I'm, I, I've am i been in a state of disorientation pretty much this whole year. I hope the quality of the shows hasn't been bad. But it, it just, it leaves me in a position that... I mean, I don't even know what the hell's going on out there anymore. It, it's, it's crazy. It really is. And I'm sure you don't want to hear me say that if... You're, you're new to the show, so I do apologize for that. It just is what it is right now. And of course, with a guy like Colt McCoy, I mean, do you really think eh, Colt McCoy? Nah. But then again, for all we know, RG3 might be out there playing. And it's possible he might be. Um, it's actually quite possible that he might be playing. It looks like it's going to be McCoy, but there's even a chance RG3 might play. And I think the Vikings would still win that game, believe it or not. The, Re- the Redskins just aren't ready for the big time, even though they have a lot of talent. They're just not winning football games right now. The Vikings are making baby steps. That's the encouraging part. And that's what's frustrating about this preview. <laughs> you have Colt McCoy out there. You had Kirk Cousins, who was the starter. Now you have Colt McCoy and the slight fact that RG3 just might, might be back. There's a chance he might be back, of all things. How, how crazy is that? He might even play tomorrow night against the Dallas Cowboys. Small chance, but it could happen. So, don't be surprised if Robert Griffin the Third is the Redskins quarterback next week. Don't be surprised if Colt McCoy is the quarterback. And, gosh, I mean, it might even be Kirk Cousins, too. At the end of the day, Vikings win 21-17. Let's get to the fan interaction. shop on Amazon. Did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going round like Saturday. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Hey, this is Mark from Iowa leaving a message for Joey and Purple Mafia. Guys, that was a good game today. I think it was way too close by Vikings and Buck standards. But a W is a W. Uh, let's see. You know, looking down the road, more tough games ahead. Detroit getting a W today. I don't know if we can catch up in the division. But yet, maybe by a miracle. Still, I watch every game every week. The Vikings fan, for a reason, love this team. Shout out to Sebastian. I haven't heard you for a long time. All right, this is Mark from Iowa. School Viking, honor your name. And I thank you very much for that call, Mark Carlson. Mark from Iowa. Yes, one of the Purple Mafia Hall of Famers right there. <laughs> giving a shout out to another Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, Sebastian Balls. Really appreciate that shout out. That was really cool. And I do miss Sebastian, but you will be hearing from him. You will be hearing from him on this show. And, yeah, we got to get him back on the show. I, I'm sorry, Sebastian. I probably, uh, yeah, I really need to bring you back. <laughs> You're probably listening today and be like, what is wrong with this guy? He really is uh, stinking up the joint today, isn't he? All by himself, that son of a gun. Well, I mean, I, I've enjoyed doing the show by myself, but it's also nice to have another voice another person to bounce off of as well, I'm a, I'm a chameleon, I guess you could say, I'm good solo, and I'm good with a a co-host, and it's all up to you out there, how you feel, and don't be afraid to comment about that on the Facebook page, or in a call, or whatever, whatever it is, but let's talk about Mark Carlson's call, sorry about this, I'm killing his call here, (laughs) yeah, the game was way too close, and a W is a W, I, I agree with that, um, It was a really ugly game, and it's nice to get lucky, but again, the baby steps are the key to this week, without a doubt. Without a doubt, the baby steps are a big key, very good sign, and that's why I'm picking the Vikings to win against the Redskins. If the Vikings didn't win today, um, I probably wouldn't have picked them to win against uh, um, the Redskins, yet in a lot of ways at the same time, you look at it, yeah, they they did kind of get lucky on the defensive play there, but... The, the positive signs are what have me moving in the right direction. The quarterback, running back, receiver situation, and, of course, Anthony Barr being what he is. Who's to say he's not going to make a big play against the Redskins? Or Detroit, like Mark mentioned. And the tough game's coming up. Yeah, the Vikings are still alive, if you can believe it. They're 3-5. and five. Still alive, 3-5, and five and still alive. Yeah, that almost ought to be the uh, title of the show, huh? But... What the heck? Um, There's still a chance, isn't there? There's a slight chance for the Vikings to do something. The Bears are so awful now, it's unbelievable. But Green Bay and Detroit, we're not going to catch them. Barring some kind of huge collapse, which would get a coach fired pretty much. I don't think the Vikings are going to catch up and uh, pass either one of those guys. And the odds of making the playoffs with third place finish, pretty slim, I got to think. But, uh, okay, I guess stranger things have happened. Very strange things have happened. There's so much talent in the NFC. It's unbelievable. I mean, making the playoffs here right now ain't going to be easy. No, But, no, really thank you for that call. Very, very nice to hear from you. And a very good Purple Mafia type call. Again, keep them under the minute, guys. Slightly under or well under. Whatever it is. But this one, yeah, I mean, slightly under is probably better than you can say more than just like, hey, Joey, this is John. All right, bye. You know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be that short, but yeah, about a minute. That's that's great, you know, not over a minute though preferably, highly preferably. Let's get to the Facebook page and it's going to be fairly short this week because I was late to do the post game threads and all that, but I will and I also jump into other stuff along the way, but it's probably better that it is short. Not that uh because it wasn't this groundbreaking type of game today and uh, I don't know. I mean, there, there isn't all that much to say to be honest. I mean, it's, it's amazing that I've had such a long show so far <laughs> despite how awful this game was. I mean, it was not a very good game. Alright, it's almost like I'm filling up the show with just <laughs> conversation here. But then again, I guess that's, that's why you're listening. Mark Carlson. Um, listening to the previous show, I had a great time today listening to number 179. Great title. That being uh, 59, 59 minutes, 59 seconds, yep. I wish I had been able to watch the game. The little bit I saw on TV was Teddy getting sacked. Sure didn't help my confidence in the team. Still, I love the podcast. I'm very happy with the new format and the breaks you included. I even discovered a new beer. Yep, that being the tall grasses out there. So the season has not been all that bad. It's true. <laughs> Skull Mark from Iowa. Matthew Kyle out of Maine saying the podcast definitely make it easier to get through the week. Great job and thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you so much and yeah, <laughs> I hope I'm giving you a good product. I do. I there are times I, I I feel like man I'm stinking up the joint. So let me know how you feel out there. It's just like I said earlier, and that's probably what this show is right now. It's just it gives you a feeling of disorientation, keeping up with this team and. And this league right now, it's I'm having a hard time with it. It's it's tougher than it uh, has. It, it's just been a weird year, and I guess every year is getting weirder by the by the minute. Mark Carlson saying, hope there will be a press box for Paladino, Joey, and the Purple Mafia. Show that being uh, the post where I made. Viking Stadium construction progress. Yeah, so it's very cool, and it's uh, tw- about twenty five percent done. Boy, you drive by it though it looks a lot more than 25 percent it's freaking huge it's getting really big and it's getting tall now that that uh, back end we'll call it not where the uh, the glass will be but the the back end where it's going to be more structure it's getting getting really tall so it's it's really cool to look at and of course you can look at it on vikings.com live stadium webcam and of course the uh, you know the the uh, otherwise there's every 15 minutes the still pictures of the stadium view and the aerial view. So, there you go. The ones from like further away, per se. Nice to look at. Very cool. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to look in the Vikings-Buccaneers in-game thread here a bit. And anybody that may post after this, I'll probably bring up on the next show, particularly if they're good comments along the way. Uh... Matt Kyle was saying that uh, when, you, when you're when you that far back, it's the safest play, a safety interception. Yeah, that's when the Vikings are pushed back. I apologize. Um, I'm going to keep these moving. Yeah, uh, Gerald String was really impressed with the uh, third down connections, and then another third down connection along the way. Derek James Cronin saying, you all need to watch the Patriots. That's a real team. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I suppose. I'm not sure if he's a listener or not, if he just came here to make fun of us, but if you've been listening, Derek, over the course of time, uh, I like the <laughs> I like the Patriots. So don't think for one second that I'm just like, ah, you know, only the Vikings and stuff. No, I, I like the Patriots. So I do know about that. Jerry Hicks saying, the end of this game is starting to look familiar. And boy, was it ever. Mark Carlson saying, I'm going to pull my hair out. That was right when the touchdowns happened. Robin Sullivan saying, and shakes my head. That was when it was uh, the touchdown, but then things changed. And Gerald Spring, very interesting comment right here, and very cool to how it led. He said, everyone relax, Teddy's got that look. This is his time, and he got the values in field goal range, and it would have kept going if not for the fact that there's no time left. I mean, you had to. You pretty much had to. I mean, they were running out of time. They didn't have any timeouts. Throwing the ball in the middle of the field, doesn't exactly save the clock. And, of course, a frustrating call along the way when Greg Jennings caught the ball and appeared to have stepped out of bounds. Yet they said, no, he didn't, and they kept the clock running. That didn't help. Didn't help at all. Sebastian's saying, I'm shaking. (laughs) I'm shaking. I'm so scared. Come on, Teddy. Be something we've never had. And then, yeah, he was, and Walsh made it. Gerald String saying defense, then Teddy. Jerry Hicks saying defense, and we didn't need Teddy. That being the, yep, the recovery by Barr. Obviously the uh, forced fumble by Mr. Harrison Smith. Robin Sullivan saying holy bleep, nice. Mark Carlson saying killer palsy by Barr. Gerald String saying rookies, great today. And that's true, all of them. Rookies, and then even the second-year guy in Cordero. Felix DePell out of Germany saying, well... At least a win. We're somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Bar Hart. Yep. Mark Carlson saying bar is the difference. Sebastian Ball saying bar and Bridgewater. Quicker quest or quick question. Why can't we throw like that? That the other fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's like only when you absolutely have to. But I guess I guess if you are going to be great at some point, it is good to be great when you absolutely positively need it. So at least there is that out of Teddy Bridgewater. That's the encouraging part. That. Uh, I don't think anybody's overlooking, and uh, Sebastian isn't either, right there. I, I'm, but uh, I do understand your point that uh, little consistency would indeed be nice. Mark Carlson saying scold all my purple friends are very happy. Goodbye, Bucks. So there is some like post game stuff in this one, anyway. So I'm glad I went here. Sebastian Ball saying Vikings beat Fraser. So much for him getting carried off the field via rumors. Matthew Kyle simply with a thumbs up. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty funny actually and it's true. And what's really interesting Am I blind? Am I nuts? Or did they really not show Frazier at all in this game? Like at all. It was pretty much just Lovey Smith, wasn't it? When they went to the Bucs' sidelines to the coaching staff. Did they even show Frazier? I mean, I barely even noticed he exists. I don't think they really did. Call me crazy. Call me nuts. Go ahead and post about it on Facebook facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show. Three more comments, at least in the uh, post game thread section. Sebastian Ball saying, bar baby. Teddy should have that type of passing lanes all game like WTF and Walsh. So stellar, yeah? Gerald String saying, not trying to say McKinnon is the next AP. But my top four reasons, I like JM right now. <laughs> Number one, seems like a decent pass blocker. Number two, reliable check down receiver. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he drops him, doggone it. Number three, he says can play all three downs. Yep. Number four, will only get better, and that's all in caps. Very good, very good, Gerald. Did I like that? Todd and saying, starting to see improvement in all three phases. Yeah, very true. Very true and Mark Carlson doing a little foreshadowing saying Fran Turkingen award to bar yep there's a pretty good chance that will happen yeah (laughs) pretty good chance we'll get to that though very shortly I can neither confirm nor deny until we indeed do get there um there's a couple of random posts in here and one of them is a big one a really big one and I gotta get to it very soon here very quickly it's (laughs) one of the I mean they're both from Mark Carlson here we go if I could just get it. I thought I had it, and I lost it. Don't you just love when that happens? <laughs> yeah, just love it. But um, as we bounce around, though, I mean, obviously the uh, the play of the week, ultimately, you could say it was by two people. <laughs> and that's uh, definitely a foreshadowing I'd like to continue to mention. But, oh, man, if only I could get this thing to possibly load. And that's the part that is going to drive people crazy along the way. The baby steps, folks. The baby steps. Keys to the game. The rookies. And that's what everybody in here is saying. And I, I like that. I like that people are noticing the rookies played particularly well. That's uh, what's super important. And here we go. Mark Carlson, for one, was saying no heartbreak this week. Skull Vikings. And the last one here. Then a great way to wrap up the Facebook page. It says, in support of the Purple Mafia show, how about something cold and smooth from Tallgrass? I picked up mine at the local grocer. Here's to a win-win cheers, Mark from Iowa. And this showing a very nice picture. <laughs> you got a little hint of Old in there. Yep, in the background. <laughs> or on the side. To the left of the Ethos, the Buffalo Sweat and the 8-Bit. All right there at only eight sixty-nine there in Iowa. Very cool. Um slightly cheaper than here, but not much, um, yeah, I mean, very cool, thanks for posting that, Mark, and I'm sure you, uh, let me know what you think of those, I still haven't heard a review from, uh, Mark about the 8-bit, doesn't have to be super long, just something, you know, tell us what you think about it, maybe try that Buffalo Sweat or Ethos Buffalo Sweat this time of the year, excellent, and of course, Zombie Monkey, oh, oh my god, that's good, Oh, yeah, Mark Carlson is probably going to get a star. Yeah, <laughs> very good chance he's going to get a star, just like Anthony Barr is going to very likely be uh, in the Fran Tarkington conversation. Conversation. <laughs> Can you guess what I'm hinting at there, though? Can you guess? We're going to try to get there. Now um, now we go to the Twitter briefly. Not not as much as previous weeks, just because um, Dave Martin's saying, so we have a turnover... Let's hope <laughs> Hoke can make it play today. And no, it just didn't happen. Uh, yep, there we go. Dave Martin saying, I think I'm done with this season. Can can you w- wake me up if we get within field goal range? This could come down to a sole field goal. Is it too soon to start talking about the draft? Oh, man, Malcolm. Malcolm showing up here on Twitter now. So very cool there. He's saying, I'm missing this game, but it sounds like I'm not missing much. We should put our D-line in place of our O-line. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And, no, I, it wasn't a very entertaining football game until, like, the very, very end. Like, the last drive by Teddy Bridgewater. Obviously, the drive by Mike Glennon in Tampa Bay. Entertaining in terms of, well, I mean, they were completing passes and looking sharp. Yes. Yes. If you like offense, which, I mean, I don't blame you if you do. It's good to have some defense, too, which there was pretty much the whole game, but was it more the offenses sucked? But um, both quarterbacks were a lot more sharp down the stretch in that fourth quarter. And then, of course, a bone-jarring hit by Harrison Smith. And Okay, we, we know, we know. Uh, Dave Martin saying, With you on that we should never be in overtime. Bet we find a way to lose almost at a stage where I could not give a bleep anymore. That's the amazing part. We actually won in overtime. We actually won because I was like, Yay, another half hour of this garbage. Because... The defense was now was no longer playing well and the offense is what it is. Incomplete passes, drop passes and, and Bridgewater getting sacked. It's really irritating, to be honest. <laughs> Fran Tarkinen Award goes to two people. Yeah. It's both of the guys in that play. Anthony Barr's kinda of like the leader. Harrison Smith though also getting a Fran Tarkenden award this week because he's the one that knocked the ball loose. I mean, that counts for something. And then Anthony Barr scamper being right there where he needed to be, pick up the ball. Good night, and let's get the hell out of here, <laughs> because you don't want. I mean, winning on the road in overtime is not the easiest thing to do in the world. It it really isn't. So let's get to the stars. The gold star this week is going to go to Mark Carlson. No surprise, right? No surprise. Good call, great comments, and a support of Tallgrass as well. Really kind comments. About Purple Mafia along the way as well. He's going to get a gold star. Another one to add to the banners over there and (laughs) to add to the list. Silver star is going to go to Gerald String. Um, Really good comments along the way. Really strong. Really liked what he had to say about Jarek McKinnon, though. That's a silver star right there for him. And the bronze star, a very strong one. Sebastian Balls, welcome back to the show again. uh, Welcome back to posting and, of course, really. Good posts, <laughs> really strong posts. Very worthy of uh, a strong bronze star there along the way. So here you go, Mark. It's your moment, gold star. <laughs> Welcome back to the gold star trophy case. It's gonna, it's getting pretty full. You might have to buy a new case there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gerald Springs gonna be getting the gold star here pretty soon too. I got to think almost. Almost there, pretty much right, right, right at the gold star range there. If not for Mark's un- unbelievable week this week, so thanks again, all of you, so much for your posts. And, and you know, like I always say, just about anybody here posting is is potentially worthy of a, a star because a lot of these posts have been so good. The Dave Martins and the and Malcolm and all that. Oh man. You guys always, always are a possible gold star. I mean, you're you're that good. So thank you all so much for your involvement with the show. If you want to help the show, do give us a nice rating on iTunes. Give us a nice rating. Post a comment. You don't even have to post a comment if you don't want to. Just do the rating part, I suppose. But the comments help. It tells people what you like about the show. I mean, if you want something improved, go ahead and post that. But don't go out there and give me a one star. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Luckily, that hasn't happened anytime soon, anytime recently. But yeah, it shouldn't. It just shouldn't. And again, I apologize if I have seemed a bit disoriented today. It's been it's been tough. It's just been a tough. It's been a tough go with the work schedule. It's been a tough go with the team. It's a tough go with with where to go with this team. How to predict it. It's. Ah, you know, it, it is what it is. But I'm going to come back next week bright-eyed, bushy-tailed and all that good stuff and ready to rock and roll and hopefully talking about a 4-5 and five Vikings team. Until then, do enjoy the... Well, the fall colors are pretty much gone. Now it's time to pick up the leaves. Oh, goody. <laughs> I'll just leave it with that. Take care, everybody.